Hey, Star Wars fans and Rule of the Galaxy fans. This is your host and man in the pilot seat tonight, Dave D-Doc. Uh, you might be surprised to hear my voice, but this is the second time I'm hosting an episode now. I was nervous the first time and it went well. This time I'm not nervous and maybe it won't go well. We'll see. But um, it's funny because we do have the same special guest as the last time I hosted. But first, I'm going to send it out to Alfie here and see how you're doing tonight because we got Alfie on board. What's going on, Alfie? Hey, uh, good to be here. I know, you know, we had you guys all ran into problems last night, you know, kids and family and all that. So, of course, it was me tonight. So I was in a <laughs> rush to get here. I don't have much time, but, you know, just wanted to catch base again and talk some Star Wars games. Of course, it's always good to talk the wars, as Brent says. And speaking of Star Wars games, we have our resident gaming expert. This is his third time on Rule of the Galaxy podcast, Jake James Lugo. What's going on? I'm good. Thank you for having me on here again, guys. Appreciate you. Hope all is well. Hope you guys are doing good. There's a lot to talk about. The, the things happened. <laughs> yes, there have been things since the last time you've been on. And it's funny because, number one, it's something that we talked about when I had you on. We talked about mm -hmm. this, Knights of the Old Republic uh, remake. And then yep. we had Drew Carpision on. And it's funny because I don't know if you remember, Alfie, but I kind of asked him, like, hey, what do you know about the game? He's like, right. oh, I know some stuff, but I can't say anything about it and literally like what was it two days or yeah, one day after real we had Drew? After. yeah one or two <laughs> days after you just see it in the news the game is just delayed canceled for the indefinite indefinitely future. canceled indefinitely delayed yes. that, that's really you know they, they're calling 2025 right now is when they think that that thing wow. might be so pretty much what I'm going to do is I'll kick it to you JJ and tell us what you know about it and then we'll kind of play off of that yeah sure so it's been weird because a lot of this came from a story that was first broken by bloomberg by jason schreier who gets news he gets scoops he's the one guy in the games industry for years that knows people he's got i always say he's got ninjas because he's usually the first one to find out about stuff and break news and when he reported it on bloomberg which is as legit as you could probably get when it comes to the media or at least one of the outlets you could get to as like being legit he came out and said like pretty much the entire project for knights of the old republic remake came crashing down uh it's been indefinitely delayed by Aspire and PlayStation, and I'm pretty sure also Lucasfilm Games, or Lucas, yeah, Lucasfilm in general. Uh, the main thing is, is that according to him and according to other sources and other things that have been popping up ever since his story went live, they did a vertical slice of the game, which is basically like a demo, a concept, and pretty much a work in progress of what the game is going to be or what it is at that moment. And it did not go well. It went very, very bad. Like 
literally like DEFCON 5, like the worst case scenario you could think of to the point where not only PlayStation, but also Lucasfilm was pretty uh, like upset with them overall. And they not only fired two of their directors, including the art director and the, I believe the gameplay director or, or something along those lines, but basically two directors, which is you lose one, that's bad news. You lose two, it's the sky is falling basically because that involves not only the way the game looks, but also how the, the game is going to feel when you play it. And they say it's indefinitely uh, suspended or definitely put on hold until some people have predicted around 2025, 2026. Uh, but for all we know, this game could not be coming out. Uh, they could be giving it to a new team. They could be giving it to a new like group of people, like Aspire's getting a shakeup over there. There was reports after that uh, Bloomberg article went up that there's been some like you know back and forth over there between people. That's why those two individuals got fired. We don't know for the exact reason why. I'm pretty sure Jason will find that out at some point as well. But it's been pretty wild, and I, understandably, myself included, people have been upset because we wanted this. I mean, we talked about it, Dave. Like, we wanted to play this game. We were excited about it. I was excited about it. But for whatever reason, things just haven't worked out. Yeah, I mean, Alfie, what do you think? Do you think we're going to get this game? Do you think it's going to happen? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think we ever will. Maybe a whole new project with a whole new team, something along those lines. But as far as this version of it no i think that's pretty much dead in the water yeah you know it's funny because i think we're eventually going to get knights of the Old republic remake because we had an announcement trailer there was talk and it came out it was shown in the announcement trailer that playstation had some exclusivity with it so they have some sort of say on like what's going on with this game i think and i've seen other people talk about this on social media and other podcasts and videos that they think and the general consensus is that that team is probably not going to be aspire working on the game at some point I have a feeling like it's either going to go to an entirely new studio, new development team, or they're going to really mix up Aspire and try to finish that game. But as of right now, after what just happened to them, it's not looking good. And is this our first project uh, that's going outside of EA ever since they kind of don't have their... No, uh, as far as like games that are being made, because there's other Star Wars games that we talked about that are being made by other studios outside of EA, including uh, Star Wars Eclipse, which is, uh, okay. what is it, which is um, the guys who made Beyond Two Souls and Heavy Rain, Quantic Dream, I'm sorry. And uh, there's also the Ubisoft game, which is still an open world game that we don't know anything about. And then there's also Respawn, but they're technically under EA, but Respawn is making those three games, including Jedi, uh, what is it, Survivor, including that first person shooter and the RTS game. And, and then also Star Wars Hunters, which I think is really the first one, I think outside EA, I'm not sure if that's an EA published game, because I think it's Zynga, if I'm not mistaken. And that's but, delayed too, right? Uh, I think it also got delayed, but remember, they had like a, a demo or some sort of beta that was on mobile some time ago, but it's not on the Switch version yet, which that, that's a whole other conversation. Like, it's it's just weird. <laughs> so we have dysfunction in uh, Star Wars games. It, it, it's, it's, it's bad because it feels like the movie announcements and everything are slowly seeping into the games now. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> this is coming, it's going to happen, and then it's just like, oh, it's delayed. Well, there's only one game that feels like they got their stuff together, and that's Jedi Survivor. Because, And I could say that because I know someone who's working on that game now, and it seems like they've been hard at work doing things. So at least they're getting something done, you know, to get people excited about Star Wars to play it. Yeah. And, and it's funny too, because I'm, I was pretty excited once, like I heard other gaming companies were going to have their chance to take their crack with Star Wars games, because 
I was kind of like, you know, EA's done some stuff and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, at the same time, Battlefront 2, they kept adding that content into it. Where they when that game, that first, game. Yeah, when that game first started, I was kind of like, man, this is like pay for play. Everyone was pissed about it. Mm-hmm. And then they were just like, yeah, guys, like we understand. And they just started throwing all this free, all these characters in it, new maps. Yeah, but they messed they up. Wanted, they messed up big time because at one point they just stopped. They could have kept that going, not only with some of the, obviously the movies, because remember they did the, that content based on Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, but they stopped at one point and they could have been going with Mando stuff. They could have been going with Book of Boba Fett stuff, Ahsoka stuff, any of these other things that we've had with the different series. Like they left a lot of money on the table. And I think that that was a real big mistake by EA. Big time. Oh, I agree. Right. Yeah. That Go game ahead, from where it started to where it finished night and day. The and community fixed that game. Basically exactly. they, the, the mods, like the mods are insane for that game. That, that, that should spark EA in all honesty to go back to that and start making new official content. But I, I don't know the, the behind the scenes logistics with that company. Nobody seems like they know. <laughs> you going to say something Alfie there? If something popped into my head from the last time we were on the show, but I'll wait because it's off topic. Okay. Yeah. But like, it's funny because you look at games like Fortnite, games like modern warfare. It's like, I still play those games and it's because they will add stuff in. And I mean, honestly, there's still tons of people on the EA servers playing battlefront too. Like people play it all the time. I I log in there and get my ass kicked still when I go to play hero battle, because (laughs) dudes are just on another level like i i have you know that game needs you know what that game needs in all honesty is why those other two games look successful that game needs to go free to play straight up i think that free to play a lot of people don't like it because it comes with a lot of other like things related to it that are worrisome Mm -hmm. and understandably so but the big thing is is that the reason why Fortnite, the reason why call of duty at warzone survives is because everybody could play it so if you own a console or have a platform like a pc or mobile device you could get that game and play it so you're on there. That's the point. This is why they make so much ad revenue with like different promotions and advertisements and everything else, because there's so many people, there's such a big install base with that. With Star Wars, I feel like there's an element of like premium to it. So you want people to pay and buy into it. So of course, but then you still have games like Galaxy of Heroes. And then you obviously have Star Wars Hunters, which is going to be, I think, also free to play, if I'm, I'm not mistaken too, because there's also a mobile but I felt like that would have been a game that would have been perfect for that. And then you have all this new content, so you could buy into it if you want. Again, money on the table. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, can you imagine playing as Ahsoka or Mando in that game, man? People made incredible. mods for it, which is, they look good for what they are. I mean, they're based off the architecture of characters already in there. So Mando's like Boba Fett. And I believe Ahsoka is like, a, I'm trying to remember, either like Maul or somebody else. But like, there's a basis there for it. But they look cool and they play yeah. cool. Yeah, they look really good. Yeah, I would uh, I would kill to play that, but it is what it is. I mean, it's another thing where it's just, you know, something we wish uh, with Star Wars, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so here's my uh, question or prediction. Do you think they are going to move forward with Knights of the Old Republic remake? Or do you think they might just say, screw it, we're going to make KOTOR 3? No. That's like that, something that I've happen. thought. That won't well, happen. No, they're, they're definitely going to move forward with KOTOR Remake before they even consider doing like a part three and stuff. I think KOTOR 1 and 2 have been re-released. KOTOR 2's re-release was a disaster. That that game has just been completely broken on, on a Nintendo Switch. Like for a long time, you couldn't even complete it. And it was like a whole 
hubbubaloo. The, the main thing is, though, is that they announced KOTOR Remake. It was on the PlayStation State of Play. Like, that's a, you don't just do that and not commit to something. I mean, we've had instances where games have been announced and shown and they don't come out for one reason or another. But, like, it's not like there was, like, a whole giant disaster that happened where they just can't work on the game. It wasn't like, you know, the pandemic started or something. Like, they fired two people that they could definitely replace at some point. So, eventually, if they don't go with that team at Aspire, they'll definitely go with another team that could work on it. This is the exact same thing for anybody that doesn't know that happened to Final Fantasy VII Remake, that it was going to be CyberConnect that was going to work on that game and then eventually at some point square enix was like nope and they brought it in house and gave it to their own team and that's how we got final fantasy 7 remake wow it's crazy so now also we have d23 coming up is d23 something now i i've followed it over the years but i just don't remember is that something where we could get a um do they talk video games that have to do with star wars and no. disney at that or is it just not that only i know tv of. and movies not that I know of. Uh, D23, from my understanding, from what I've seen the last couple of years that it's been going or the last couple of times we've seen it going, because it's like a bi-yearly thing, I think, where they talk, obviously, the Disney movies, and then it would be Star Wars movies in our case. They talk the shows, and in our case, it would be the Disney Plus shows for Star Wars. I don't remember any gaming-related news coming out of D23, because remember, around this time frame, obviously... E3 would have just been passed. So all the Star Wars games news would have come from E3, from the big three uh, publishers there. And then also Comic-Con and also New York Comic-Con, which New York Comic-Con, wouldn't, you wouldn't really get a lot of announcements there. You'll get stuff that's shown. And then keep in mind also at the end of this year, the Game Awards. Those, I think, when it comes to games, especially if there's as big as Star Wars, you'll hear about it in those places before you probably hear it at D23. Cool. <clears throat> All right. Any other points on uh, KOTOR before we start heading on to other stuff? Damn shame. <laughs> That's the best really thing. Is. Damn yeah, shame. I mean, we'll see. And it's funny because as I've said before, I have it on my Xbox. I have the original version and I was thinking to myself, maybe I'll just wait because I have not played the full game yet. I'm like, maybe I'll just wait for this remake to just do it with that. But you know what? I'm just no going to play the OG. <laughs> no excuses now. I played on Switch. The Switch version is pretty good. Switch version for the KOTOR 1, I should say, is pretty good. KOTOR 2, they patched it, but, you know, there's still problems with that game. It's a shame. I have yeah. them both on Xbox, and they play pretty well. Yeah. Now, Alfie, does yours on your Xbox screen cut off widescreen? Does it go to, like, a square screen on your TV? Because mine does, and I, yeah. like, don't know how to change that. Yeah, mine does. And that that bothers me for some reason. It's like, I wish... I wish it could just still play widescreen. And I mean, I've even gone on my TV settings and tried to mess with it, but it just doesn't look right. I, I, I thought that they could have figured out a way to not have it squared up, but it is what it is. So since JJ, since the last time you were on here, we were talking about your Disney trip. We were hyping yes. it up. You have a full YouTube blog for those of you who do yep. not know. Jake James Lugo on YouTube. He did a full vlog of his Disney trip, which to me was right up there with the people who basically just do Disney blogs. This guy does gaming reviews, but he knocked it out on this Thank you. Disney vlog. So why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your trip? You hit every inch of freaking oh, Galaxy's man. Edge, everything. So, so talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I'll do better than that. I'll talk about it and I'll show you guys some stuff because I actually came back with some treasures. I came back with some stuff. 
Okay. Uh, the big thing obviously is that my Disney trip was about five days that I was out there in Orlando. I stood in the Destino uh, tower at the Coronado Springs. It's like a moderate resort in Disney, but the Destino tower is like a brand new spot. We were on the 10th floor. It was like amazing. We had a gorgeous view and stuff. The main thing that concerns us on this podcast, however, is Galaxy's Edge. And I had a whole day at Hollywood Studios devoted to Galaxy's Edge. Like it was my mission just to make sure that that was an amazing day because I did everything that you could think of at galaxy's edge and it's in the vlog i think i told you guys before we start recording like i have the vlog which is like a 40 minute vlog of the whole trip but it has a good chunk devoted to galaxy's edge and everything star wars that's related there but i also on my patreon i had a, two separate videos that were exclusive to patreon showing the entire experience of building my lightsaber which i'll show you guys in a second but also the entire experience and, and the reaction i had to rise of the resistance because that was the first ride i got on when i first got into galaxy's edge and i'm telling you like it's funny too because a lot of people have their opinions about the sequels which myself included it is what it is but when you're there at a theme park and everything is like you know themed to star wars and you're just getting into the vibe of it like you just roll with it and i was ha having so much fun um it, it, it's it's a shame that they can't go beyond just the sequel era, you know, for Batu and for Galaxy's Edge itself. But, you know, they've been doing a couple of things here and there to implement like Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. Cause I know that Boba and Fennec Shan are there as characters, I believe in the California one. And I think at some point they also got, uh, was there, are they going to get uh, Mando with baby Grogu at some point as well, uh, which would have been sweet if uh, it was there. I would have gotten uh, footage of it, but they weren't there. Neither one of them. I did get to see Kylo Ren. I got to see Stormtroopers. I got to see Resistance uh, members. I got to see Chewie. I missed R2-D2 and BB-8 because they just weren't around, period. Like it just uh, was. Same thing also, they had a meet and greet with Darth Vader that I couldn't get into, which I would have loved to at least be part of it. It was at the, the launch bay or whatnot that little kind of like mm -hmm. museum thing i got footage and images of that that i shared on like tiktok instagram and twitter where i was showing all the classic uh ralph mccrory artwork all the different theatrical posters the models that they had there which was awesome but anyway getting into myself that's not in galaxy's edge galaxy's edge stuff i got a ton of things and uh well damn why do i start for uh, you know what i'm gonna just get the lights it's like yeah, go for the lightsaber this, right this off the bat. This is literally the big one for me here. This is, uh, you guys can't see it on the audio podcast, but for video, I have my custom lightsaber built at a, what is it? Uh, not Duck Under, it's a Savvy's Workshop that you get there. The lightsabers have weight to them. Like they, they feel like they got actual like metal weight. Like there's yeah, parts they're heavy. They're a little bit heavier than like something like you would get like a TXQ saber. I'm probably pretty sure like, you know, a Vader's Vault or something. They, these feel like they got weight to these. Um, turning on looks awesome. Sounds great. I don't know if you can hear it on the mic, but it sounds and feels really cool to swing around. The, the thing is building this was like a really personable experience. Like it was so awesome. And again, you can see it in the video that I had there, like everything about it from choosing my kyber crystal, like getting the parts themselves. I even got a little badge that I have on the corner here that shows like what type of lightsaber build you had. So you wear it when you go inside and they know which parts to bring to you so you could choose. It's like every single build that you could choose from has two options of like different parts of the lightsaber. So including the emitter, the handle, the actual uh, switch to it, like all this different stuff. On top of that, uh, I was able to get uh, some stuff at uh, Doc Ondar's which I was able to get like the clip. So I was walking around with my lightsaber clip and the handle and the actual thing. So I felt awesome. And of course, obviously I'll show you in a second, but the droid from the droid depot, I built my own droid. I built an R2 unit. It's called, let me show you. I call it R2 D7. It's a red and black R2 unit, 
which is pretty All cool. Right, that's and nice. the other thing, the other thing I got with it, uh, which I think I'm pretty sure I could show on the camera if I could open it up. I got the personality chip. It's a little hard to whoops, wrong side. It's a little hard to see on the camera. And again, the audio, you can't really see it, but I got the personality chip, which is like excited and happy. And it changes the voice of the droid. So by default, without that, it sounds like R2D2. But if you put a different personality chip, I think there's one out of like seven, I think, of different personality chips you could have. And uh, they each have different like sounds and different like behaviors or whatever. But you control it like an RC car, like the little emitter that you can see right there. That's a little uh, controller for it. So you could have it spin its head. You could move it back and forth, make it talk. It has a button that if you get extra accessories, you could connect to it that actually does different things. So it puts out like the little like shocker, little thing that R2 has and other stuff. I think they even have like a jetpack little uh, connector to it that just like makes sounds or something. It's pretty cool. Um, out of the two of them, I will say that uh, the lightsaber building is the much better experience. I find that the droid experience was a little bit more rushed and chaotic because there's so many people there. Like it's like a, a bustling spot in the droid depot. The lightsaber experience, you get your money's worth for the experience itself besides the lightsaber. Because right now, like both of these experiences, they, they're pricey. You know, you're spending a lot of money as it is at a Disney for what it is, but you're going to end up paying a lot in the different spots in Galaxy's Edge. Um, yeah. I also went to the cantina. I had to go to the cantina. I got my reservation and I got my yum nub. I mean, again, you can't see it on the audio, but I got an actual cup that has the Battle of Endor inscribed on it for my yub nub. So you can see like little Ewoks, little Death Star. You can see an ATST, I think at one point, like there, there it is like that. Oh, it was pretty cool. The yub nub was like a fruity drink. Uh, the, the whole cantina was a vibe. It was so much fun. I, after I did the lightsaber and the droid building, I was able to bring it with me into the cantina. So I had my little spot at the bar that they give to you. And I was just having my drink, having my snacks. And I was like having so much fun. The, the droid DJ was there, was playing all these hits. There was lights. Everybody was just vibing. It was so much fun in general. Um, oh, and of course I had to go to the other rides besides Rise of the Resistance, which was the first ride I did. The first time I got to ride the Millennium Falcon on the Smuggler's Run, I got to ride it alone. I was mm-hmm. in the pilot seat of the Millennium Falcon alone early in the morning. And it was like, it was euphoric because again, it's the Millennium Falcon, but like the fact you're riding and there's nobody to distract you, nobody to mess you up on your team. It was amazing. It was so good. And then later on in the day, I went like two or three more times and I had a full group and I had varying experiences for lack of a better phrase. I, there were some really good ones. There's some really bad ones. Like, I don't understand how the, the freaking, uh, was it the dude's telling you to go up and you go down. Like that's, that's the type of experience I was having with some of these teammates. But the point is, it was a lot of fun. Seeing the Falcon for the first time in Galaxy's Edge was awesome. I got a lot of pictures. I got a lot of TikTok videos I did, especially after I built the lightsaber, after I built the droid. Um, seeing all the other like little knickknacks, the shops there, stuff you could buy. I came that close to buying an actual Jedi robes, but they were like stupid expensive, you know, compared to like what I was buying there. You can get something better on Amazon, more than likely, even though it won't, probably won't be official, like from Galaxy's Edge. But, um, oh, the food. The food was, a, oh my God, the, again, the drinks between the Yub Nub uh, in the morning after I rode Rise of the Resistance, I went to this little, I think it's not Docking Bay 75, it's the one with the big uh, turbine from the pod racer roasting the meat. I forgot what it's called, but it's, it's got another yeah. name. Uh, I went there and I had breakfast. I got a parfait and a drink called a Taconata Sunset. That was just like really nice. They sell alcoholic drinks in the morning, but they also got like breakfast stuff there for you to have. Uh, later in the day, I or at least later in the trip, I should say, 
I went to Docking Bay 75 or Docking Bay 7, which is the restaurant there, the little like food spot. Got the Ronto Rat, tried that because everybody kept recommending it to me. And then I got a couple other drinks there that were like really amazing, including another Takonana Sunset. I got a Gold Squadron brew, which is like a giant pint of beer if that's Gold Squadron themed. Um, what else did I get? Oh, I got the thermal detonator Coca-Cola. Cause the funny thing with that is that they have these little, like little spots, little like vendors that have R5 unit droids on there that are moving around and actually like turning their heads and stuff. So when you go buy a drink from them, they actually like talk to you and stuff. And if yeah. you have your droid too, I found out later that if you have your droid built from the droid depot and you're like walking around with it in the backpack, it actually could interact with your droid, which is pretty cool. It's pretty fun. Like there's a lot there. That was so cool. I got checked and pretty much pulled over by the first order stormtroopers, which was a whole nother what to do. Like it was so much fun. Like Galaxy's Edge was great. Yeah. And seeing the seeing those first order stormtroopers uniforms in person, man, they look sick. The, oh, let me tell you, like, the, oh, the outfits for these people that were working there at Galaxy's Edge, they are very detailed. Like they have Orabesh on the different crew members that were on the Falcon that were doing the ride for Rise of Resistance. Even the vendors that were selling food, they had like all these outfits that were really detailed. They had their names in Orabesh. They had all these different things. They even talk to you like in character, or at least they try to speak to you in character where they, instead of saying hello or good morning, they say bright suns is like they're greeting to you. And it's, it's a whole little thing that they do. I mean, this was right before they did the Magic Man Plus. So obviously I couldn't do the Bounty Hunter thing. Otherwise I would have did that too. Uh, that came out recently. Um, it was like literally like right before they launched it. But it was really, it was a dope experience overall. And then to complement that, I went to Star Tours, which is right outside Galaxy's Edge. I wrote that yep. three times and I got every single era that you could get with it, which is the OG. Pretty, I got for the first time I went, I got the original trilogy, which the ride starts with Darth Vader grabbing your ship, which was great. I was like, oh, this, this is what we're doing right now. Okay, like that was cool. Second time I went, I got prequel era. So we had the pod racing scene in Tatooine. Uh, and I believe, yeah, we also went to Coruscant, which was cool. And then the third time was a sequel trilogy where we went to um, we went to Crate. And I believe we also went to uh, Octu, if I'm not mistaken. Like there was a, a bunch of different stuff, but it was fun, man. Yeah. And see what's funny. I'm going to say this and then I'll, I'll move on to Alfie's experience too, is it's like, I feel like the mistake I made was I was like, I want to go into it blind. I don't want to, I was like, I just want to be surprised by everything. I want to be lost in the world. I want to discover stuff. And because of that, there is a lot that I did not do. I didn't even yeah. go, to, I didn't even get any uh, drinks there. I mean, if I could have had oh, a beer man. or something while I was there, like I dropped the ball. Yo, you could that. walk everywhere with your beer. That, that's the other I thing know. too. Like you could literally just chill. Like they, yeah. they are very nice there and they are very uh, convenient and complimentary to all the people that go there. Even if like, again, in the cantina, I had my lightsaber. I had the big box that you get with the droid. I don't know if you could see it. Like on my camera but that's the box you get with the droid okay. i was carrying that thing around with me instead of because the backpack they give you is about like 60 bucks you have to buy it there so i was like no i'll just keep the cardboard box with my droid and just like walk with that they were fine yeah. i was putting it on the bar table it was great yeah and i alfie did you build a lightsaber when you were there yes we did yeah okay. we did the second day we went so so were you able to hit like all this stuff that JJ is talking about here? Because it's like, I pretty much was able to hit the rides. I walked around. I did not hit any restaurants. I had blue milk and green milk. Oh yeah. That's the other thing too. To I did that too. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. When we went, we went, uh, I think our Disney trip was seven days and we went 
to Hollywood Studios like the second day we were there, all of us together. And it was shoulder to shoulder busy, crazy hot. I mean, you could literally see the heat coming off of people. It was so hot. Yeah. We did as much as we could. We rode the Falcon. Um, Rises resistance. We didn't you you couldn't even get in line for that. Um, we went to the cantina. We we got to walk around and see everything, but it was just so crowded. Now the second day, just Enzo and I went and we built a lightsaber, and it was night and day compared to the first day we were there. There's hardly anyone there. Um, everyone was wearing sweatshirts. It was chilly, windy, you know, completely different weather. And yeah, I got to. We ate at the restaurants. We. Uh, you know, uh, had the milk. I think the first day we went, we got to go to, we ended our day going to the cantina and it was completely packed. There was six of us, you know, and Azalea was a, a year old. So I was holding her and we had to stand at the bar. There weren't any seats, but we were right where they make the drinks and the bartenders could tell like, Hey, these guys, it's the, these guys are wore out. They've had a rough day. And they interacted with the kids the whole time, uh, kept making them different stuff to try, you know, just having a, a ball. So it, it was a really fun experience and probably the highest bar tab I've ever had in my life. Yeah, yeah. you got to you got to go big at the bar there. Like, because yeah. after I got my drink, I got snack stuff and like I was so tempted. The only thing I did not get when I my whole trip was the blue milk inside the cantina because it's actually different than the one outside. Yeah, there. and it, it came with cookies. They have a cookie, and I think they also one. have alcohol in it, from what I was told. I just I didn't get it, so I don't know. I didn't try it. Yeah, there must be two different versions because my son got the blue milk inside, and my daughter got it outside just so because okay. I wanted the Bantha cup in the. Oh, I don't yeah. know what what the heck do you call that walrus thing with the oh, green? Oh, the milk? the pork. Yeah. The pork cup. You you gotta get the pork cup. You didn't get the 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 rancor teeth. I thought about it. They did not have that like, yet. This. I will admit that I did drink all five beers while I was there, but they yeah. did not have the rink or teeth. I, I, I would have gotten it. Honestly, I would have gotten it if I didn't think that this one for the Yub was better looking because the rank or teeth just looked like teeth to me. This yeah. one looked like it's like a little bit more elaborate. And plus it was a fruity drink. So I was like, okay, cool. I, yeah, I, I got that, that one in the pork cup. So yeah. you can I, imagine. I say, uh, Ryan McGee was tab. drinking. Yeah, you were probably loaded up there. I think Ryan McGee was drinking out of that exact cup that JJ is holding. Here's what they do. Funny enough, right? When you're there, they give you one that they clean and stuff that you could drink from. And then when you leave, like when you're going to get this after you pay for this, they give you one in a box that hasn't been used and stuff, which I appreciate. I actually appreciate that a lot because it's like, you don't have to clean it. It's brand new. Nobody's touched it. You're good to go. I, I actually like the little details like that. That's the one thing I will say about Disney in general, and especially about Galaxy's Edge, the little details matter to them. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And that's what actually we, uh, we booked a cruise on their new, uh, cruise ship. The, oh, the uh, wish. Wish. Yeah, yeah. That has the, uh, the new star Wars bar. In it. So if I save a little, uh, the cruise is like 430 something days away. If I save a little bit over a hundred dollars every single day for the next year and a half, I can buy that drink for $5. Go do it. <laughs> yeah. If you don't do that though, in your defense, if you don't get the Kyber crystal, which you should, because it also comes with the trip to the Skywalker ranch, I think, or the vineyard. But if you don't do that, at least get the chancellor drink or the Senate oh, drink. Yeah. 
Yeah, get that. Because I would be that guy just saying like, I am the Senate all day drinking that yeah. while I'm there. Yeah, and if anyone's uh, interested, uh, we'll be going on a cruise, uh, the Maritime cruise. I forget what time it is, but I'll tell you what, for that cruise, for it being a new cruise ship, I'd never been on a cruise in my life. So oh, I'm a fun. little like nervous about it, kind of, because I've never been on a boat going out to the ocean and all you're that. Gonna fun stuff. They're you're going to yeah. have a ball. They're great. Yeah, it looks awesome. I got to say, because that Marvel experience they have is looks. Oh, the, yeah. Everybody has said they're just like, I'm not. I, I, the reviews I've watched, people are like, I'm not even going to tell you what goes down in there because you you just should experience it. They're just like, don't look on YouTube, whatever you do. <laughs> it's yeah. all it's all out there. But but still, like, you're going to have so much fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you had a blast in Disney. I I did too. My galaxy's edge experience. I had the same experience with the employees there. I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, what if an employee's like having a bad day or whatever? And, you know, maybe everybody was in character. They were cool. They were, you know, I got a funny story with that. Honestly. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So I've only, there was only one person that I ran to that was like, I don't even think they were being rude or anything. They were just literally having a bad day as an employee, like having a rough one, clearly a rough one. And I think it was because the people that they were trying to serve or help were like being mean to them straight up. It was actually a bus driver. When I was coming back, I believe from either, I was either coming back from Hollywood studios or magic kingdom. And I saw this, this woman that she was pulling up, you know, to where they have, they have the Disney buses that take you to your resort. So if you're staying on Disney property, you don't even need to bring your car anywhere. Like you just take all the buses everywhere you need to go. They're super fast. They're convenient. They're nice. They're chill. They got AC in them, which is even better. But like the main thing is, is that I saw this woman and she looked like either something was spilled on her or some like thing that made her vomit or something, but she was clearly having a bad day and she had looked like a breakdown in the bus. I remember they had to pull that bus out so they bring another bus in to take everybody to their resort. But that was like the only time that I saw anything wrong with any of the employees. The employees, I'll tell you right now, because I went with a, a, my family and we brought my grandmother with us and they were like really like, you know, helping her out with all the different stuff. They were very convenient, like courtesy, like all this stuff was like fantastic. Even the restaurants in all of Disney, including Galaxy's Edge, because there's not really a restaurant in Galaxy's Edge other than maybe Docking Bay 7, but that's not like a, a sit down restaurant like in other parts of Disney. Um, they, they were just really like, they just, they just cater to you. They just literally cater to you. If you order stuff there, if you buy stuff there, they take real good care of you. Yeah, I, I agree. That's the same experience I had when I was there. So even the people, um, when you buy stuff at Doc Ondo's, I forgot to mention, cause I bought another Kyber crystal. I think I can show you. I bought a, a purple Kyber crystal when I was there. I got the one there. And I also bought, I don't know if you guys can see here, the Jedi Holocron that I got because I, they had, they only had Jedi Holocrons there at the time. So I couldn't get a Sith Holocron as well because I was going to buy both. But I ended up getting the Jedi Holocron and an extra Kyber crystal that was purple. And uh, when you buy stuff there, or if you're like looking for super, like, you know, specific things, they are just very convenient. Like they, they just, they help you out like this and you can find whatever you need. And they just they give you all their bags real nicely and stuff. Even when they're things that are like chaotic and there's a lot of people there, they just keep their cool. Like they're just, they're so good about everything. Yep, I agree. Did you I will tell you guys uh, for if you go back, because I was really shocked to find this, where the Indiana Jones uh, experience is at. There's a little like cheeseburger place, like tucked way back in the corner. They have Django Fett cups. Oh, word! Nice. Yeah, really. It makes no sense why they're there. That's so. That's super random. <laughs> like, yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> 
yeah, I'm just something to look out for because I was so happy I, to find it because it completed my collection for the day of all the cups. I know in Hollywood Studios, and I'm pretty sure in some of the other parks, they also have BB-8 cups or R2 cups that were either for drinks or for popcorn. I remember seeing that with people walking around with them. Yeah, like, we it, got it the BB-8 funny. cups. Yeah. I think there was BB-8 and maybe a TIE fighter when we were there. It was like super random. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, look at this. Oh, the other thing too, Doc Ondars looking at the legacy lightsabers that they have in that glass casing there. That was cool. They even had a mural, which I think was depicting stuff from Clone Wars or Rebels that I saw that was on the wall there. When you first walk in that type of stuff, when you're in there, like looking at those different things is very sick. Like it, yeah. it, it looked pretty cool. And the animatronic for Doc Ondar himself was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a great, I had a great experience going there. I mean, yeah, the whole me point of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're the, the whole point is to just get lost in that world. And I mean, as you said, I have my critiques of um, sequel trilogy, but you know, they, they do do a good job of, uh, you know, getting you lost in that world there. I mean, I would tell anybody, if anyone asks, like, is it worth it to go? I say it absolutely is worth it to go. You now, know, one other thing I should say too, I just remembered, I did see the spot where people come from the Galactic Star Cruiser, like the actual Star Wars hotel. So that was the only spot that obviously I couldn't go into, but there's like a giant bay door that you could clearly see that people could walk in and out of. And people, one thing I didn't notice when I was building my lightsaber, there were some people that were in the Galactic Star Cruiser doing the stuff with me there. Uh, They cater even more to those people that are at the Star Cruiser. They actually have dialogue and story stuff with them that they talk about. Because the guy, when I was building my lightsaber that was next to me, the person that was doing like the whole hosting thing or the, the one that was like talking to Yoda and stuff, she actually talks with them about some of the stuff that was going on in the Star Cruiser related to their storyline or whatever their mission was, which I thought was neat because like, even though I don't know if I would go to the Galactic Star Cruiser because I still think it's way overpriced, but like if you're doing stuff like that and you're going to Galaxy's Edge, it's nice that they add a little something extra for those people because I feel like yeah. that should at least be included. Did you guys notice what they did with the uh, Lego special with the Star yeah. Cruiser? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Don't think we didn't admit we missed that. We, we saw that. <laughs> All right, guys, I got to head out. It All was, right. Uh, good talking you with you. Any other uh, final points you want to make, Alfie? I really want to talk to the Lego game with you. So you're going to have to be on one more time. Okay, yeah. All right. it- definitely we definitely will because there's a lot to talk about that game I, I did a review on it too if you haven't seen it definitely watch it but like that that game is dope okay so now we really need to talk because i didn't <laughs> he doesn't like the lego game no i played it two days and put it away. i haven't played it since oh. it just it, it just didn't feel right to me we were gonna have to have a whole episode just talking yeah. about this Lego game. <laughs> Can I ask Alfie? Was it maybe the camera angles, possibly, or or the shooting in it that you didn't like? That was that one didn't really bother me too much, but to me, it felt like half of a game. Hmm. I I hated the startup menu. I really, really disliked that there's no cantina to pick the levels from. You know, like oh, how like in the other games, games you start. Yeah. And you can pick where you go. You have to start the game. First, you have to wait for the the start screen to load. Then you have to wait for your game to load. Then if you want to play a different level, you have to wait for that level to load. So now you've waited all this time. And before, you know, you just ran around the cantina. I mean, I've gone through, I don't know, how many nieces and nephews, cousins, and now my son, my daughter, my youngest daughter playing uh, the complete saga Star Wars Lego game. 
and all those young kids learn how to play the game just and being content just running around the cantina learning yeah. you know learning how to play it and now in a lot of the levels i couldn't tell like are you supposed to come back later in the game and play him or yeah. a, lot, a lot of the areas and the planets you go to even the episodes like the missions for the episode stuff you definitely have to come back to there, right. there's a lot of stuff but i also really disliked the whole menu i thought the menu was way too big in I know I'm probably old and anybody hears me say it's going to say, oh, uh, you, you know, you boomer or whatever. But it to me, it was just really just too much, too many screens, too many choices. Uh, I, I couldn't really figure out how to change characters very easily. Uh, it, all the other Lego games seem to kind of fill everything out for you. You mm -hmm. pick one character and then here we'll fill out the rest. And I don't I don't know. I just. I think that's a valid criticism. I think that's a valid. It just seemed to, to way at. too far away for because, and again, let me back up here. I was buying this game to play with my daughter because she loves Star Wars. She's three years old. About the time when all the you know the kids that like I was mentioning in the family started playing this game, and it just seemed way too complicated. The open areas were way too open. We couldn't really figure out what we were supposed to do. Are you supposed to do this now or do you just follow the arrow and run through this whole map to get to the next one? I think that's a valid concern. That That's something, believe it or not, I haven't seen a lot of people talk about that from that perspective, like especially with kids when they, when they were discussing this game. Because again, it's a whole nother conversation we, we have to do a whole nother episode right. on. But like that's something that that also speaks to how Lego Star Wars and even Lego games in general have changed over years. You see, I, and I felt that way about the force awakens game. Cause you know, my son was kind of at the tail end of Lego games when that game came out and we played it a little bit. And I was like, man, where's the menu at? Where, where's the, like, how do you decide where to go? You know, mm. to yeah. me, it, it was, you've built this legacy of games that were all kind of the same on how you start the game and when you drastically change that it just really sticks out to me yeah alfie i was actually going to say it's so funny i i laughed when you said that because right now my little guy i'm letting him pick up the xbox controller a little bit He's mm -hmm. five and a half years old i'm like all right i'll let you mess around he did buy a game for 60 bucks i gotta figure out my parental controls on that right <laughs> but, he, but he did upgrade my call of duty a little while ago so i was fine with it but um He's playing the uh, the complete trilogy, the one that is only the prequels and the original trilogy. Right. And that that mm. one is complete saga. The, yeah. Yeah. The complete saga. And that one, I know that someone had said it before that technically brought a whole generation into Star Wars because kids might have not even known what it is. And that's kind of level my little guy's at right now. He'll watch Star Wars. He's so interested in that complete saga game. And when I try to put him on the new one, gets confused by the aiming of the blaster kind of doesn't know where to go sometimes so it's like i have the original the, the the complete saga one i have indiana jones for lego and i have the batman one and he's able to mess around with that he's able to figure out where he's going with it kind of i can see where that is but me also being like a graphics nerd the new one like sets me off on graphics because i do love to see the realism they've added into it so I understand where you're coming from, especially from a point of being one, wanting to be able to enjoy it with your kids. I definitely can see that. It's a valid, it's a valid point that again, a lot of other reviews and other places that have talked about this game 
haven't looked at or haven't thought about because again, they're not coming from that position. They're coming from people that are just playing it or people that are just going to buy it and play it like that. Because remember, mm-hmm. Lego games have been traditionally games aimed at kids or aimed at families, right. you know? So that's definitely something to think about. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I honestly, the way I look at it is he's still going to keep playing complete saga. Probably <laughs> like the, he's still going to keep playing that. old. It's game, been like but... 20 years. We've been playing that game. <laughs> yeah, that game just good. does not go away great because it's so easy to play and it's a fun game but yeah. i gotta run guys thank you so much all right, alfie take it easy alfie all right all you right, too we'll you. all right so we hit our uh disney topics we hit mm-hmm. uh kotor and um another thing i wanted to ask you about disney is mm-hmm. did you ride the cable car that that new cable car they have running through oh there? the one with so- snow and the seven dwarfs well, they, well, no, they have that transport. Um, oh, the monorail? No, because the monorail only goes to specific places. Like out of the Disney transportation that I did was the, the buses was the most. Because that's literally, okay. you get everywhere with that. And it's so convenient, so easy yeah. to do that. Now, I agree. The, the monorail and, and the, like the skyline, I didn't skyline. do that. Because, like, the skyline, again, because they only go to specific spots. I don't think they even went to the Coronado Springs, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think the skyline goes from the it's new like one and something else. The Riviera, yeah, yeah. The Riviera Resort that they just built. So that that's like that's like the attraction to that Riviera Resort is it's mm-hmm. like, hey, we got the skyline right outside. Then I think it goes to Hollywood Studios, and then I think it goes to the Boardwalk area of and Epcot. Epcot. And also, because I, I remember it. somebody telling me that when I was there, like those specific things, the monorail and the skyline. But the thing is, is that because the resorts are all over the place, I, it makes sense that not everything's going to go everywhere. Because mm-hmm. I think there, you could even take like a ferry or a boat from like one park to a certain resort or between parks and stuff, which is yep. cool, which is awesome when you really think about it. If anything, to be honest with you, they should have a thing that takes you to Galaxy's Edge in some fashion that's not the Galactic Star Cruiser. That'd be pretty sweet, but yeah. you know, one step at a time. It's like, there was even talk recently, like when I got back, I saw different people talking about how they're going to add countries to Epcot, the World Showcase. Like there's spaces wow. where they can add more countries. When I was there, I was there for the Food and Wine Festival. So they had like little vendors that were other countries themed to it. So you had like mm-hmm. Africa or at least something, some spot in like Africa. Then they also had Spain and like these little carts, which was right next to Mexico, right next to Germany or Norway. Like it was awesome. Like yeah. it, for the record, dark horse out of the entire trip that surprised the heck out of me the guardians of the galaxy ride i did not expect that ride to be so good because one i was a little annoyed at first because i had to pay for the lightning lane to get on it you can't get on it like a normal ride you actually have to buy that lightning lane or get yep. to that actual virtual queue which is it's that doesn't work straight up the virtual queue does not work but the lightning lane worked and when i got onto it it was so much fun like it caught me by surprise they were playing glorious step on music in the ride i was like it comes out of nowhere and I was like, this is amazing. Like I'm in this dark ride going crazy, watching a Marvel MCU canon thing happening in front of me. And it got Gloria Stefan music. It's like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> That's what I was. I was there only a couple months before you and they actually had the walls around it still. They had, no, the they were ship, building it. Yeah. They had the ship built out front uh, and that was all done. And I could That's see a cool that. Ship. And I'm like the, the Nova ship that, that looked oh, awesome. Yeah. I'm like, this thing is definitely going to be opening soon. I didn't look it up, but mm. yeah, I mean, you got that thing fresh out of the wrapping paper, man. Yeah. That thing is Literally. brand new. Uh, I just don't like how you can't get on it like a normal ride because all the other rides in Epcot and every other Disney park are not like that, which is weird to me because maybe because it's brand new, I get it. And they want people to use the app, 
But even so, like the virtual queue to me does not work on any of the stuff. I got Genie Plus for Galaxy's Edge. Did Same. not use it at all. Didn't did not need it like at all whatsoever. I was going on single ride uh lizard lines for the different rides for Smuggler's Run and for Rise of the Resistance and all the other stuff in the other parks. I never needed it. Like yep. again, it could be because I got there early in the day because I was line breaking on every single park every single day. I was like there like 6 30, 7 a.m. almost. Yeah. Like because the buses from the resort, they take you there mad early. So you're like one of the first people there. And mm-hmm. for specifically Galaxy's Edge, I got that Genie Plus thinking I was going to need it and I did not need it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we had it for that. And I used it for the Falcon, which I ran up the line on that, which I almost wished I waited in line because I didn't have time to like take in the scenery of the Falcon. Oh, I got to see freaking, what's his name? Um, Hondo. I saw the first time I went on it, I didn't see Hondo on my line. And then the second time I went on it, they actually took us through the area where you see Hondo talking. He's like moving around and stuff. Looked cool, but it it was just weird. Like it's sometimes you don't get that. Sometimes you do. It was just really awkward. Yeah, I agree. But I, I agree with what you said. You stay at a Disney resort, you hit those buses. I stayed at the um I stayed at the uh French quarter area, uh Riverside. Nice. And like you said, I was able to take the boat to um Disney Springs. Hey, I saw in your video too in Disney yeah. Springs, you were playing some kind of virtual oh, yeah, the VR Star game. Wars game. The Tales from Galaxy's Edge. That I played that. That that was very short and I got a little swag, but it wasn't Star Wars themed swag, it was the Oculus swag. Or the or the, yeah, okay. it was the Oculus theme swag that they gave me. It was like a hat or something, and it was a quick thing that was just VR. Where I think you could even play it off of Steam with the Oculus Rift like that. But it was fine. It was just there. I figured like, oh, it's Star Wars. Let me just go see what it's like. It was like not even like ten minutes that I was on that. Very short. Yeah, yeah. I wish I got cool. video I of the game itself, like actual direct feed. I couldn't do it because I had my GoPro on me, and I was just like using that to get off-screen footage and the attendant didn't even look at the screen enough funny enough they were looking at me being a fool with the vr headset but you know it was what it was i will say though i did go to the outpost that was there the star wars outpost that they have at disney springs it's cool where they have a lot of stuff there but nothing like how it is in galaxy's edge yeah i agree i was i was on the hunt for uh some star wars black series figures when i was there and they had they had a cool han solo one they had they, they had some cool stuff but it's like I walked away empty handed from a lot of places because I was looking at that one thing to just jump out at me, unless it was a lightsaber. Like I was ready to drop some coin on a lightsaber. I didn't make the reservations to make my own. I wanted to get in to look at the lightsabers. I really did think about it. I thought, cause once I did, cause I knew I was going to build the lightsaber because I was like, I have to do this. Like it's just without question, I got to do this. But I did think about getting the leg, one of the legacy lightsabers there because the one thing they don't give you with, the building the lightsaber is the box case that only comes for the legacy lightsabers. You do get like an actual like thing where it's like a a little bag that you could carry your blade inside of it, or you could put the handle in with it, but I use it to carry the blade. And it's just got like a little, uh, was it Savvy's workshop, little uh, emblem on it. It's like a black, like velvet case or whatever, but I wanted to get the box. I think the boxes look dope, but you have to get those legacy lightsabers. I saw a guy that bought the Cal Kestis lightsaber. He bought two of them to put together like that. And he had two boxes and that thing is huge in person like i did i i was surprised that the lightsaber i got with how big it was but then when you put two of them together like that it's like a giant like you know killick stick from soul caliber was huge man yeah that's what i'm used to seeing the um i'm used to seeing the uh darth maul uh 
old school, you know, double lightsaber from when yeah, we were skinny. kids where it just had the little lights <laughs> in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now, now when you see these FX lightsabers that are realistic and someone lights up a double lightsaber, you're just like, oh my God, that thing is huge. Yeah, well, in, in their defense, like they have a lot of electronics in it, but in counter argument to that, Vader's Vol or Corbamp could do one with just as much, if not better stuff and look more screen accurate than any of these. Like these things look like they got a little bit chunky. Like, like they ate mm -hmm. too much almost, but like it, I, I give them credit because it is a dope souvenir to get from your Disney trip. If you're going to get something like that and you're a Star Wars fan, it's nothing better than that, to be honest. I agree. I agree. So I have one topic uh, off, uh, off of Star Wars. Technically, this is actually okay. a Marvel. And this is something that I just thought of before mm -hmm. the episode. So last night, actually, the other weekend, uh, Iron Man one was on and me and yeah. my wife happened to watch it hadn't watched it in a long time so this has sparked a marvel rewatch in the house so we actually watched captain america and winter soldier last night that's my is, favorite mcu movie hands down yeah. which i watched that and i was just like holy crap i forgot how good these movies were like not not that i forgot i watched all of them i watched all of them probably at least twice but i'm like it made me really think of where we're at right now with Marvel mm -hmm. compared to then. And I'm just like, I feel like they need to really try to recapture some of this greatness because honestly, like I like Captain America. Joe on our podcast is a huge Captain America. Yeah, I love guy. Cap. Cap is awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I like Cap. Cap is I mean, not you can my tell. favorite. I mean, like I got yeah, a shield. Got For anybody that can't see the audio version, I got the Winter Soldier shield that Cap has in, in the back. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I, I loved, I love, it's been a while since I've seen old school Cap tossing the shield, just going, just going crazy in that movie. Yeah, I mean, that movie still slaps. And, yeah, Chris Evans amazing. looks awesome in there. So, yeah, and I couldn't help but to watch like the special effects and the storytelling and everything. And I'm just like, man, I feel like, I feel like Marvel is not as great as this was, you know, obviously you have your OG legend characters and they're going to be coming out with a lot of new stuff. Like, I mean even if you wanted to i know that you know about some of that timeline that they've released they've got a lot of stuff coming out oh but yeah I, mean, I don't know i i couldn't help but to think like man i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of marvel shows coming out and everything but like these movies aren't hitting me like this does you know you know what it is because really phase four has been really like a, a cool down phase slash really awkward and weird phase because it's the aftermath of what happened with endgame Pretty much. Mm -hmm. I mean, really Endgame and Spider-Man uh, No Way Home, really, because Spider-Man No Way Home is like the epilogue of that. Um, the thing is, is that uh, and behind the scenes, if you watch a lot of like different movie news, like channels or read some of the news and stuff that gets posted up at like, you know, Hollywood Reporter, etc. Uh, Kevin Feige hasn't had a lot of hand on most of the stuff in phase four. And could be the reason being is because phase five from what that timeline showed is really stacked. And we're getting into phase six after that, which is going to lead into secret wars eventually at the end. I feel like maybe that's where a lot more of his attention is going to. But he also between the shakeup with Disney that's been going on for a long time is a little bit more hands-off because of whatever's going on behind the scenes with that, the logistics of that. Um, I think that it's bled out into the way that some of these stories are told because let's be honest. I mean, a lot of these Marvel shows have been hit or miss for a lot of people. And I've been, I've watched all of them. I've been excited about every single one as they were coming out, but I have been disappointed. I was hyped for Captain, uh, not Captain Marvel, uh, Miss Marvel. I actually liked the first few episodes of Miss Marvel, but the ending, or at least by the time they get to the ending, I was disappointed in it. And the same thing also happens with Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think the action in Falcon and Winter Soldier is pretty cool, but like the story for a lot of people and myself included is kind of meh. 
You know, I felt like maybe Sam Wilson maybe deserved a little bit better for some of the story that he's getting, but he's getting another movie in his defense. Same thing with Loki. Loki had granted there, that's when they first started getting into the multiverse stuff. And even WandaVision starts getting a little bit into the multiverse stuff, but it's still a little bit weird in this awkward mm-hmm. phase of uh, films. And then the films themselves, like when you look at Black Widow, really, like it, it really wasn't all that great. Like, and people wanted that film for a long time. They wanted a solo Black Widow movie, but you know, with all the changes they made and how that story went, it just was not good. The best ones out of this phase were Spider-Man uh, No Way, yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home. And uh, what is it? Thor, uh, Thor, uh, Love and Thunder. Thunder, mm-hmm. yeah. That was the only two like big bit. And you could even say Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So three films out of the entire phase that people really like love for the most part, you know, yeah. with their criticisms. Um, I feel like a lot of that good stuff that we want is probably going to start to happen more as we start to get more clarification of what's going on with the MCU. Now that we're getting into Kang the Conqueror, because remember, we're going to get Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, Quantumania, which is going to show Kang the Conqueror in some form. Yeah. So hopefully we actually figure out like, okay, what are we doing here? What's going to lead us into Secret Wars? And we're going to get a Fantastic Four movie at the start of phase six, which has been a long time coming. We're getting other shows too. We're getting Daredevil. We're getting, She-Hulk is right around the corner. But like the big deal with that is that Charlie Cox is coming back as Daredevil. That's a big freaking deal. And Vincent D'Onofrio on top of that, like, you know, playing the Kingpin. So I feel like the good stuff is coming, you know, once they start getting their engines like warmed up and stuff, I think things are going to go back to the way they were yeah. exciting. <clears throat> that's what, that's what it is, is it's like, I, I think it's funny because you saw like, if you related to like a car, you saw something that was just running in full blast and then they kind of put it in idle a little bit. And it's like, there's still stuff happening and you want to get excited about it. like me personally, I enjoyed the moon Knight show. I, I wanted to like time, it. I wanted to like it so bad. And it's just like, again, I'm not a big Moon Knight fan and, I, and I've done and read all the comics stuff, but like it's an MCU show. So I'm going to watch it. And I was hoping to like it a lot, but it just mm-hmm. didn't resonate with me. Yeah. And, and here's, here's my thing with it too, is it's like, I loved, I loved his costume. And it's like, there was times where you would see it and it was real costume, but it's like, then they would CGI it sometimes where it just didn't look that great. Sometimes you're just, or like, you didn't see him enough. That was my biggest yeah. complaint. Like you didn't see him a lot in that show. Yeah. And like there was, I, I want to say one of the only times you saw his actual suit was maybe when he fought those guys in that kind of ring uh, area hmm. where, 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 like where when he they're had, in Egypt. Yes, exactly. And he was wearing the real suit, you know, on screen and it looked sick. And then it's like, you know, it's almost like my complaints I got into on the final battle with Black Panther, where they used too much CGI on it. I thought it looked like mm. a video game sometimes. I mean, then again, here I am talking about Marvel and like, where is it going? But that Black Panther trailer was like sick. I oh, the, the new one for Wakanda Forever? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, they're, they're, that's a lot of that. That's going to end phase four. There's a lot of stuff going into that movie. And I feel like, you know, I think a lot of people at first glance are probably not going to be as objective about that film when it comes out, because remember, they're going to do a lot. They got a lot to do because you have to deal with the death of Chadwick Boseman, which is a huge deal. You got to find out who's going to be the next Black Panther. You have Namor coming in, which is another big deal and a possible, possible thing that might relate to Dr. Doom, because that's the rumor right now that why things are going down between Wakanda and not technically Atlantis. They changed the name of the city that Namor comes from. So they has more Aztec and Mexican, you know, heritage culture, like involved with that so there's a lot going on and then that's going to set up whatever it is for phase five you know there's so much to deal with at that point but i think just give it a little bit of time and i think that you know we'll get back to that point where it's exciting to be around a marvel movie 
Yeah, I agree. And that's, that's what I'm looking for is it's like, I, I was watching that, like, man, this is incredible, but yeah, I do think it'll get back there. I just got to deal with this little bit of a lull in the action, I guess. And think about the good times for a little bit, but I know we're going to get there. I agree. So as we're, as, as we're on the topic of trailers too, what, what did you think about the Andor trailer? Andor's looking good. Andor's looking good. Now, now don't get me wrong. Let, let's be real here. Cause we talked about Kenobi. We know how we are in this state of like weirdness for star Wars fans for all the content yep. we've been getting. Okay. So there is a little bit of that caution or, or, or like suspect that's there for me, but Andor is looking really good. Andor is looking really nice. And I definitely want to see, we're getting three episodes for, for that premiere. And some people I know that are going to be watching four episodes of that show for media, you know, for the press viewings and stuff. So before it comes out, they get at least an episode over on us. But um, from what I've seen, you know, the setup for Andor, they're taking place in yearly intervals or a couple year intervals between like a certain amount of episodes, which is nice. That leads right up to the beginning of Rogue One, which is cool. You're going to see other characters like Mon Mothma. We've seen Saw Gerrera in there. We're seeing a whole bunch of stuff like setting up the the, the rebellion and like the, the kind of like, you know, underground nature of what will eventually become the rebellion against the empire. The reason why the empire and the rebellion are going to come to blows eventually, you know, by the time Rogue One and uh, A New Hope happens, that stuff is really cool. This is the same type of excitement, if you remember, we had about Kenobi. Okay, so hence <laughs> why I'm suspect of all this. So I'm hoping, I'm really hoping they could stick the landing with the show because then after this, if this one is bad, if this one is terrible, then all that we have left is Mando and Ahsoka. And if those two messed up, we're, we're, we're done. We're, we're finished. Yeah. I have, t- I have all the faith in the world in Mando. I really do. I, I just think that Filoni and Favreau just know yeah. what they're doing with that show. Yeah. I got to say from seeing the Andor trailer and being a big rogue one fan, I'm like, I'm diving in without even feeling the water on this. I think it's going to be good. I really yeah. do. It I looks love- good. Uh, yeah exactly and it's like this goes on to some of the complaints i had with kenobi which i know people have heard it but like this show was actually filmed outdoors old school no volume they did old school sets yeah they didn't use the stage that that i know that came out like at least i think they probably use it very little if not at all from my understanding from from what i've read they didn't use it at all they didn't use that studio (laughs) yeah they they I, i was reading um I was reading some articles about them saying what it was like to go to some of the locations they filmed at. They were climbing up mountains and, you know, that's real old school. Exactly. That, that type of scenery that, that you get from Lord of the Rings, basically, you know, that's one of the things to me that makes Lord of the Rings. One of the, my favorite movies of all time is just the the scale in that film. Yeah. The scale in those films is is really because they're in open areas. And obviously there is CG elements to it that they inject in there. But the idea like they're walking in real locations that are just these grand scopes. And for Star Wars, going to different planets and stuff, I mean, obviously it's going to work out in our favor. I think it's going to be cool. I think it's going to be great. We're going to see hopefully some planets like Coruscant again and in like a different perspective or different lens. Because this is the time where we're starting to see like the Imperial Senate before it's disbanded before the emperor like totally gets rid of it. So we get to see maybe the little bit of political intrigue there with Mon Mothma. Cause she's even in the trailer saying like, you know, hopefully they don't notice what I'm doing. <laughs> like, you know, when yeah. I'm talking to all these people and like, they might say, have their opinions about me, but like we're doing stuff over here. So pretty cool. Yeah. I- I'm definitely excited for it. So w- w- we'll see, we will see where it goes, but mm-hmm. 
another uh, another thing, and Joe had actually brought this up to me that he had said Dave Filoni has watched a finished episode of Ahsoka, yeah. and he's Rosario Dawson like, talked about it at C two E two. Yeah, and he said it feels like a religious experience uh, seeing it. So you, you want to know why? Two reasons. Number one, it's his character. That's his baby, Ahsoka, for the most part. And two, I have a strong, I have, I, I'm willing to put money down on it that we're going to get a, a scene with Ahsoka and maybe Force Ghost Anakin or or some flashback because freaking Hayden Christensen has done something for this show. I, I can feel it. I, I know it. And I know some people have talked about it, but I, I feel like he's done something. And what makes sense either or not a flashback, Force Ghost Hayden Christensen. I'm in. Yeah. I'm totally in. Yeah, and maybe maybe that's why they didn't give us long hair Anakin in uh, the Kenobi show because they're going to give it to us in this in uh, Ahsoka. Ahsoka show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would be I cool if it's a flashback, even if it's not Force Ghost Anakin like that. Because again, I don't know how that would, they would explain that. You know, with, with between uh, Ahsoka's like connection to the Force and how like that would work out as Anakin being a Force Ghost. But I think they could get around it. But if it's a flashback and we get to see like Clone Wars. Anakin and Ahsoka together somehow. Like if they de-age Rosario Dawson or something, I'm totally down with it. Like I think that that will make freaking Dave Filoni cry. <laughs> like shed a oh tear. <laughs> like the little newt newt meme. It'd be like Dave Filoni's just watching it. It's just like a little tear coming down. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's why Filoni has that connection to the fans where like I don't I don't want to say that the writers of Kenobi didn't have, but like almost well, like, I think I, I think it's like, fair to say that honestly yeah. because Dave that's Dave Filoni that's George Lucas's number two like I, I think yeah. I saw Star Wars Theory talking about it on one of his shows where he said like yeah that's like second to Dave Filoni so he would know like a lot of more stuff about Star Wars and like how Star Wars is made and what it's supposed to be compared to a lot of other people yeah so he knows how hard those scenes would hit for fans because he's just as much of a fan as uh, he's just he as much wrote the Luke Skywalker more. episode for for Mando I think it was yeah so yeah like he 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 knows what he's doing <laughs> yeah I, and that episode i just remember watching that and just sitting on my couch just being like what am i witnessing right now like uh, that was just like nothing world. existed but just this for this yeah. like 10 minutes i'm just focused on this yeah yeah that episode hit on a perfect day for me too because i actually had to take off from work that day because one of my kids were sick they were up in bed. They were watching TV. They were fine. I'm just like, well, new episode of Book of Boba Fett came out today. Let me throw this on and see how it is. And then it was that episode. And yeah. I'm just like, yo, are you kidding me? That that literally great. stopped the internet <laughs> for a minute. Yeah. yeah, that was morning coffee and me just with my jaw dropped, just like, yep. oh my God. So yeah, I'm I'm I have a lot of hope for Ahsoka. I have a lot of hope for Andor. I feel like and I feel like the Empire and Andor is going to feel very much like the Lannisters and Game of Thrones kind of. I feel yeah. like they're going to make the Empire pretty dark and brutal in this show. I, uh, and I it makes that... sense. It makes sense for the vibe they're going to, or at least they're going for. Uh, because remember, the, the whole thing with Cassian Andor is like he's seen a very ugly side to the whole Galactic Civil War. And it, it would make sense even to see like, cause you got characters like Saul Guerrero in there and maybe we'll get to see like something that he does of why the people like Mon Mothma don't like working with him, that he's so extreme. Maybe he does something that, you know, he convinces Cassian Andor to do or gets Cassian involved in some way. But besides that other guy that, that showed up in the trailer, that's where that he's the, he's the doctor in Thor that he's working in the Imperial Senate 
and stuff. And he's yes. trying to work with Mon Mothma and stuff. Maybe something goes down that like leads up to why we see Saw Gerrera the way we do in Rogue One. Like that would make mm-hmm. sense to me, but it'd be even cooler because we're getting to see all these other Imperial officers and Imperial senators more than likely. What if we also see other characters like Krennic? Because remember, Krennic's running around doing things at this time. And maybe also Mothma Tarkin. You know, Grand Moff mm-hmm. Tarkin might be also be a possibility because if we got the Emperor in Kenobi for like that brief amount of time, what's to stop them from putting Tarkin in here? Because Tarkin would definitely be a relevant thing within this time frame. Mm-hmm. And Krennic was such a memorable character from that movie. I mean, I, yeah. I thought he was excellent. So, I mean, these actors, they're not that far out from Rogue One filming. You know, it's not like out of the realm of possible. It's not like it's not like some of these other shows where some of our actors are now 30 years older than, you know, oh, yeah, where no, they not, were at they're on not the timeline. They're not super old. Like, uh, they did totally do And again, with, with Tarkin, it's it's CG, obviously. But with uh, Krennic, yeah. I could totally see Krennic just, like, showing up for a minute. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, we'll see. They got a lot of episodes and a couple seasons lined up for it. So, I mean... I, I don't, I guess Jin or so, I don't know if it's a possibility if they can. I don't think so. Show. You, you want to know why? Because uh, Andor doesn't meet Jin until Rogue One. And Jin, I think at some point during this time frame, because remember, there's a number of years that are going to pass through in Andor. I think at some point in here, Jin is in prison or she's like in some yeah. other place and she's doing other stuff before all this. That's why I, I did read that like there's a possibility you could maybe see younger Jin or so because she was with, um, she was Saw Gerrera oh for a little bit, and there's a possibility you could see where the two of them split up. Maybe, like you know, m- no, we maybe see that, that in Rogue One. Up. We see that in Rogue One already. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So because remember, he know. leaves her. He leaves her in that like like little like shelter or whatever. He leaves her completely, and then she gets yeah. discovered later on, and then goes and does her own thing. So it would make more sense because this is this is about like five six years, I think, maybe a little bit more from Rogue One. So even around this time, she's somewhere else doing something. Because again, she can't meet up with Cassian Andor before we're exactly. at this point. Yeah. Who knows? They might pull a Leia on us and uh, throw, throw a young Jenner. So like, you know, just like kind of out there doing like a little bit totally different actress. I don't know, I don't know if I would want that though. Like, you know, no, I wouldn't her, either. <laughs> just rant. Like I would be totally fine if they don't meet. Like we don't see Jin at all, but like we do yeah. see maybe like even then, like, cause Leia would be around this time or maybe, uh, what is it? Leia's father you know, Bail Organa, I would totally yep. see, to totally see him there. Cause remember Alderaan is not destroyed yet at this point. It's still before mm-hmm. a new hope. So I could totally see that being a thing. Yeah. There's, I mean, timeline wise, there's technically a lot of places that they could go with cameos. And it's funny because watching the trailer for this show and everything, really the only thing I thought is, I wonder if they're going to show him meet, uh, you know, K2SO or if he reprograms him or whatever. Yeah, like, when does he meet K2SO? Because doesn't he meet her him way before Rogue One? Yeah, so there, yeah. There, if, there was I did see a still in the trailer and when they're all wearing those white suits, uh, you know and it, it actually shows them like running down a hallway or whatever it looks like there is a um, conveyor belt with K2 parts on it so mm, that, is, okay. that is something uh, that would be interesting to see if, Makes sense. you know because to me, these these shows always have an early curveball that you're not ready for. Leia mm. was the curveball in um, Leia was the curveball in Kenobi. Uh, Grogu is the curveball in Mando. And uh, to me, there's got to be something in this. I think Mon Mothma is going to be, be ready for. for this show. I think Mon Mothma is going to be a big thing because she's the one that's going to be spending the most time in the Senate 
you know, behind yeah. the scenes doing stuff with this like cell. I guess you could say like it's an underground cell of like what will become the rebellion. Yep. Yep. So I don't know. I think the acting looks great. I think the visuals look great. So I'm just hoping everything just comes together. We're going to have, yeah, like you said, we got three episodes in one night. So that it's first gonna night, yeah, that, that's going to be a watch party and a half. Like yeah. that's going to be so much fun. Yeah, I'm going to be locked in for that. I'm excited for it. So even though it got delayed, honestly, that delay was something that did not hit me where I'm just like, oh my God, it got delayed. Like, did, sure, did you see been nice. that they did the schedule that it goes all the way into November? With the, I think it's like 12 episodes, right? Like something like that, where it goes yeah. for a while that they have the, the days for every single episode. Yeah, cool. I didn't I, I didn't see actually the date. It's on the Star that. Wars account. I know they put it up earlier today that I was like, oh, this is dope because this is also going to be running concurrent with other shows on Disney Plus, including She-Hulk. They're also going to be running concurrently with, um, oh my God, uh, some of the other like lesser Marvel stuff. Because I know there was like the Groot thing that came out recently, yes. not too long ago. Uh, they're, they're, yes. It's pretty cool because we got a lot of stuff to watch leading up to Mando eventually. Yep, yep. You got Groot, and then and then people have also said it's possibly because you got House of the Dragon and Rings of Power releasing yeah. right around that time, and they were probably like, you know what? A lot of our fans are probably going to be watching Rings of Power and the House of the Dragon, so why don't we just ease this back a little bit, let them enjoy that show, and you know, we'll go. From I don't there. even think they care to be honest with you. I think they care enough about like certain days, you know, when things are going to get started. But like, I think Star Wars still has enough resonance as a brand to like, you know, make people just True. stop watching other stuff. Because most people like us, we're going to watch multiple things. That's just how it is like that. I don't even think they're worried about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I will watch Rings of Power, House of the Dragon and Star Wars all at the same time. So it doesn't yeah. matter to me. It's, I'll find my time to watch. If it's all. weekly, I'm in like, you know, I watch many different shows. Like there's nothing stopping me from seeing one or the other, which I never understood that view from a lot of people. Like I, I just thought that it was weird. I will say though, because there's other shows leading into next year and the following year. Cause remember, obviously Ahsoka, Tales of the Jedi, which is going to be a very big one, you know? And I also want to know what's going on with Lando. That's another yeah. show that's like hasn't really been talked about, if at all. And, like if there's so uh, Bad Batch season two as well. And Bad Batch season two. That's that. the other one too that's coming soon. Like that. That's another big deal. Like there's yep. a lot of good stuff to look forward to. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan. I mean, I have my I have my <laughs> Kenobi critiques. I'm not I'm not on board that Kenobi was perfect hype train. I know that people are, but I'm just not. I'm not on it. I enjoyed it. There was parts that really hit me emotional when it should have. But, uh, you know, I'm going into Andor with a different perspective. I mean, I, I, I trust that I trust that these show writers have a big plan from seeing what they've written out and reading articles about it. They're looking at the big picture and they, they know yeah. where they it, it also I mean, here's the thing, you knew, you know, Kenobi and Anakin's future as well. But with Andor, he's a newer character. He's you still know where he lands, though, like because he yeah. dies at the end of Rogue One, but like still, like at least you don't know his past leading up to it. And again, they they've been very clear, like how the time frame this is going to like scope for throughout the whole show, which I think is much better because they could do different things within the span of those years that things go down. Exactly, exactly. So mm -hmm. that's pretty much what I got on my list for tonight's episode. So do you got any topics you want to uh, bring as up? As far any? as I could think of anything new that's Star Wars related, not really. I mean, the, the other things I could like say that's like related to that stuff we were just talking about is like, I still want to know what's going on with Rogue Squadron because I feel like that's another one that might not be happening at some point, even though they said it is. But the, the, the big thing is that D23 is around, around the corner like that and Disney Plus Day 
is also right around the corner. It's two separate events. So Disney Plus Day, you might get all the stuff for the shows. And then D23, we might get other clarification related to that. Or it might be Marvel top heavy for all we know, because there's a lot happening with Marvel right now, literally. But um, as far as Star Wars is concerned, again, a lot of the stuff that we want to know is already kind of put out there, other than maybe some gaming stuff, which we'll hear about soon, hopefully at the Game Awards at the end of the year. Yeah. And that's my biggest fear for D23 is it's like, I've seen it already at Comic-Cons and everything. And I didn't always follow Comic-Cons as much as I have for probably the last like three years or four Mm. years or so. I I never was really just locked in to just be like, what are they going to announce? Who's that? The panel, whatever. But it's like, as I've started following it and Disney has gotten, you know, Marvel and Star Wars. And then I see some of these Marvel lineups and then I'll see Star Wars and be like, man, Marvel just gave us this trailer. They gave us this, they gave us that. And Star Wars is giving us like a little nugget. It's like- It's funny because like, but before San Diego Comic-Con happened now, which was, it was crazy that was even happening in the first place. But like before then people were saying like, oh, Mar- Kevin Feige's not going to come and talk about stuff. They're not going to have a lot to say in the Marvel camp because they already got a movie that's come out or it's right around the corner. I mean, D23 is a little further away. That makes more sense. And Kevin Feige just came up and chose chaos. Like he literally just dropped a bunch of stuff. So I'm pretty sure if he did that, I'm pretty sure he's going to have some more stuff to say at D23. You don't just drop phase six and then have all these spots there and don't talk about them. It's like, we see this, Kevin. Like we we see that. Like, I mean, I'm good with phase five, but tell me about that. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure. He's got a lot of stuff to do. But one thing I will say, though, that I admire from Marvel is that it does feel like they've always had a plan, regardless mm-hmm. of the, the rocky roads that they've gotten. There's always been a blueprint. You know, a lot of that's probably due to Kevin Feige, more than likely. But mm-hmm. I want to see at some point that same type of thing with Star Wars, because I don't feel like we have that with Star Wars. Granted, we have a lot of shows and other projects that have been announced that are related to Star Wars, including uh, Ahsoka, including Tales of the Jedi, Bad Batch, Andor, Mando season three, whatever else, and the games too. But it doesn't feel like there's enough cohesiveness. There's not, it doesn't feel like things are kind of like falling in line to whatever a game plan might be. Because look, look at that thing that they did for Rogue Squadron. Like they made a whole big deal about Patty Jenkins, like writing this movie or like directing this movie. And then it came out that she might not even do it because of her creative differences with what's going on over there, which is the same thing we've seen for many years, which is worrisome as a fan, because I think as fans, we're always going to watch anything Star Wars related, but like, that doesn't mean that we can't be concerned about some of this stuff. And we can't feel like, yo, you know, our time is either being wasted or we're getting overly hyped for things that they're just not committing to, you know, because I want to see Rogue Squadron come out. I love Rogue Squadron, at least the idea of Rogue Squadron from the games and just the idea of space combat coming a little bit more prominent to Star Wars, because we haven't had a lot of space combat more recently, other than maybe Rise of Skywalker and maybe a little bit of stuff that we saw in Mando, but not like real stuff like what we got from Rogue One. Like that's the type of space combat I'm talking about. So I was hoping maybe we get a little bit more from something like that, or maybe Andor will have a little bit of something, you know, from what's going on there, but who knows at this point. That, that's why to me you you already have your kevin feige and two people with star wars you have favreau you have filoni they can be their guys who walk out on the stage they can oversee the process that's going on with star wars i would trust those guys with it i think favreau has enough movies under his belt as a director and as an actor he's been in the industry a long time he knows it very well he's been the perfect combination with filoni who was newer to live action directing and everything which he said he pretty much took off with 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 no effort when it came down to the Mandalorian episodes that he directed. 
I, I think you have like your dream team, even if you just said to like the man, the group of Mandalorian directors, like there's a lot of directors for that show that have done excellent jobs. That I really just don't have many complaints about. So it's like when you have those guys in control and then they bring a group into a room, they've proven to be able to create some amazing stuff. You know, you know what I the mean? funny thing is you got to, you got to get Lucas films to be convinced of that then. Like, or at least, yeah. you know, the response to some of the stuff out there. And it's, it's just a sad thing. Cause you know, Kevin Feige technically is the guy at Marvel that that's the guy who helped build the MCU or pretty much did it with a lot of his productions or uh, producer savvy like that. I don't mm -hmm. think a lot of people could say that about Captain Kennedy. I don't think a lot of people could say that even about many other people. And I think they might trust and, and respect and really want Dave Filoni and John Favreau to do this stuff. But as a company, you the, the people that are over there that are in charge, literally, which is probably Kathleen Kennedy, has to be the ones to kind of like see stuff like that. Because with Kevin Feige at Disney and Marvel like that, he had Alan Horn, that was his man. Like that was the dude he, he like reported to. And also, um, not Bob, yeah, Bob Iger, that was also there that he reported to. And they let him do his thing. And that's why we got yeah. the MCU. I don't think we really have that for Star Wars right now. Yeah. And it's a damn shame because they have, they have content. I mean, they, they, there's stuff that exists. There's books that exist that they could write stories off of that are damn good. I mean, we just had Drew Carpigian on who wrote the, um, he actually wrote the Knights of the Old Republic story for the game, which we nice. didn't even know. Oh, uh, that he, he did stuff with Bioware? <laughs> oh yeah. He wrote, he wrote the damn story with them. And then he wrote his Revan book and he wrote the Bane trilogy, which I'm just about done the first Bane book. And I'm mm. listening to this Darth Bane book and I'm just, I'm doing the audio book and I'm just like, Darth Bane is one of the most badass Star Wars characters with one of the best stories I've read so far. And he, mm. and it's just like, I can't imagine that he's on the scope of Kathleen Kennedy in any type of way. And mm. his story's written. It's interesting. It has twists and turns. The character is amazing. He ties into Star Wars and it's dark side. That's that's the best part about it is it's yeah, that's the other we're gonna love. get the acolyte. That's our dark side thing that's coming soon. Yeah. That that also had leaks, you know, too long yeah. ago. And look, that's look. like back in the acolyte, it's listening to Bane and how good the story is, it's making mm -hmm. me nervous for acolyte because I'm just like, you have good stories of Sith origins before everything happened in old Republic era that are freaking awesome. Yeah, And it's like, I mean, I hope the story maybe pulls pieces from that. Maybe we'll get Plagueis in it. I don't know, but. There, there's we'll a lot say. of, there's a lot of, you know, stuff, hopefully a lot of possibilities with it, but at least look at it this way. At least Star Wars is not in the same position or kind of status as the DC universe right now. I think yeah. we, that is the best thing we could say right now at the moment. Like we are good compared to that. <laughs> that's why i was i was gonna i actually meant to say when you were saying feige's probably gonna come out of d23 with with some stuff up his sleeve it's like he's got to put the kill shot towards freaking dc with what's going on right i, now, I think man. dc right now is not i mean they're not in the best position they 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 just changed their management and i think david zaslav is the one that's really he's making the tough calls that people don't like him for doing but i think it's like you know key and vital to the success of that brand he even talked about there was a there was an earnings call where they they really are taking a harsh look at like okay the integrity of the dc brand the dc heroes it's like how we have like this studio here we don't have a superman movie being made we don't have another batman movie in process we don't have another wonder woman movie being done like you know those are the types of things that i feel like as a good 
head of a studio or, or an industry leader or, you know, head of that particular studio, like a producer like Kevin Feige, that's the type of conversations and the calls that you're going to make. You know, this mm -hmm. is what happened with Batgirl that just got uh, canceled recently. So that's what, you know, a lot of people might not like that, but, you know, it could be a thing that could be key to making the DC universe, hopefully on the same or similar level as what the MCU is like, or what Star Wars could be like. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at DC and complaints over time, it's, it's that they've been compared to Marvel all this time. And that's like, and what funny enough, these guys they're doing going? the exact same thing that Marvel did years ago that they first did. And they chose not to, or at least the old regime chose not to, in order to be different, they're going to have a 10 year plan for the DC heroes that are, have mm -hmm. like four key heroes as a bat Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman, you know, as their keystones for that 10 years. Like that, which is the exact same thing that Marvel did with Iron Man, Captain America, the Hulk, and Thor. Like it's yeah. it's almost like mirror mirror like that, and it worked because they figured out that formula. And if they could adopt that to the DC universe in some way, and then maintain their integrity with good quality big big blockbuster films, then they'll be in a much better position than what they're at now. Because the current standing, it is not good to be a DC fan right now. It yeah. sucks <laughs> straight up. Yeah. And that, and that's all I can think with Batgirl. And I mean, it's like all credit to the to the actors, the girl who played Batgirl, the the girl, everybody who was in. Yeah, that I feel show, so bad they for put, yeah, Leslie they Grayson. Put working. Oh man, yeah, they put all their work in. They they did it, you know. But at the same time, their their producer might have walked in and been like, if we if we put out another thing that just has nothing to do with anything else in DC, and we're not building this story that we want to build for fans we're going to hear more crap basically. And well, that's the old regime's like, fault. That was the old, yeah. that was the previous boss's fault. Cause remember they killed the, the jet, the Zack Snyder universe pretty much for the DC films. Like a lot of the films that have been coming out are coming out soon, including Aquaman two, including Shazam two, including black Adam. They have a lot of basis in the Snyder verse for all that stuff. And that, that is pretty much done. Like the new people's David Zaslav and Warner brothers discovery made it very clear. We're done with this. We're rebooting this whole universe. So like, I can't blame fans for feeling a little like, you know, you, you're going to have these movies come out and they're not going to connect to whatever DC is going to be, you know, yeah. and same thing, including the flash, which is a whole other <laughs> yeah. discussion, like hour to discussion with that. But like, the point is, is that that old regime was the one that put us in that, in this position as DC fans, you know, because of everything that happened. So I give them credit for at least, you know, trying to make an effort to change things, to get it into a better position than where it's at now. Mm-hmm. And that's, I remember uh, Christian Bale's Dark Knight trilogy kind of ending as Marvel really started booting up. Yeah. And and like, I, I remember thinking like, oh, I wonder if DC is going to try to do something like this with Christian Bale as Batman to like team up with everybody and everything. And he, I, I remember like, I, I want to say that- Chris that, Nolan that said no. In, yeah, yeah, I remember Chris, that. Chris Nolan was out and then Christian Bale, I feel like Christian Bale might've been like, if Christopher Nolan wasn't doing it, he was out. I don't no, know. Uh, the, that... the way it came out, cause that was recent. Cause they were talking to him about uh, Thor love and thunder. And he said like, would you go back to the Batman character? And he said like, if Chris Nolan was in, I'm in. If he's not, then yeah. like, what's the point? And cause the, the thing is like that trilogy wrapped up with a bow to him, which I understand, you know, because look, they had Heath Ledger as the Joker and that was like an Oscar worthy performance. Like they did a lot of big things with Chris yeah. Nolan in the driver's seat. And I get it. The other thing too, is keep in mind around that time frame, they had Superman returns. Like DC was in a very weird spot before they started getting into man of steel. Cause once man of steel came out, that was supposed to be the start of the DC extended universe. 
that was supposed mm-hmm. to be the rival to Marvel, which ended up not being the case because every single time something happened with that universe, the Warner Brothers uh, head people at the time got cold feet. Remember, Batman v Superman came out and they completely changed up Justice League. Like that, that was a big thing. Nobody liked Batman v Superman when it first came out until the extended mm-hmm. cut came out afterwards. And the same thing with Justice League ended up being an entirely different film with Josh Whedon instead of Zack yeah. Snyder at the time. So it is what it is, man. Like they, they, <laughs> hopefully things are going to change for them big time. I think it will. I mean, I think it has to eventually. I, I you, you, If you try enough times, I think you'll get it. I mean, or else then you, you won't have as many chances to try. Someone else is going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, that that's another thing is people have said, like, what what world are we in right now that Homelander from the boys is a more talked about superhero the than boys Superman is awesome. himself? That I is love great boys. TV. Uh, that, that, <laughs> I mean, granted, they are very risque. That is just how it is. But that is an awesome show. That show is yeah. amazing. I actually just finished season three two nights ago. Oh, so. wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was I'm, watching it every day. And that I could to catch up. And then when the new episodes came up to the finale, I was in. <laughs> yeah, I did. A, I did a Peaky Blinders run because I was late to that. And then and then we started the boys later. I was like, you know what? I would just want to wait till the boys all episodes are released. Mute all the words that have to do with the boys. Mute Homelander. Mute Starlight. Yep. Mute the boys. Because everybody's spoiling it. It was so good. <laughs> yeah. And believe it or not, I didn't see a single spoiler for that show. And it, oh, it wow. is damn good. And that's why it's funny because you can add the boys into this superhero wrinkle, in my opinion. I think that show has almost reached that level where it's you got you got Marvel, you got DC, and you got the boys. They're just on their own. I mean, they're they're in a different world, as you yeah. said. It's it's a gory show. It's uh, it's just it's the definition of R-rated, is what I would say. Right now, the show that's going to end up being kind of like that from the chatter that I saw is Sandman, because Sandman I hear is getting a lot of good like response from people that it's like almost like a one-for-one adaptation of the comic but like you know outside of like the big two which is marvel and dc you have a lot of those other like side like companies or side projects that are just great because that same audience is going to watch those shows like the boys some people would say even the cw universe but that's coming to an end like i think that one has already ran out of steam a long time ago you know it's the same problem with dc with the snyderverse but there's still plenty of other things to watch which is thank god you know for for fans of superhero and action stuff yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, there's a, it's a lot of good stuff. We're getting a lot of good content. I mean, I know I like to critique things. It's fun to critique things, whatever. I mean, I know people might get upset if you say you don't like something as much as they do, but that's what we're here it for. It is what it is. It's opinions. It. It's opinions. Exactly. We have the same thing with Kenobi. Like people are allowed to have different opinions. People are allowed to like and dislike certain aspects or be critical things. Yes. You know, that was the yeah. same conversation we had last time I was here. I was like, look, like, you know, people could feel however they want to feel about Kenobi. Like, it's just that you're, if you don't like the show, if you don't like aspects of the show, that doesn't make you a bad person, you know, and same thing with anything that you watch, period. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, it, there's things you can love, things you can dislike. And, you know, I think the problem is, is that if you dislike something that someone likes, they take it as a personal attack against them. I, I think they take it way too personally because it's just like, hey, that's just, it's just my opinion. If you love it, that's, that's fine by me. I mean, there, there's people who love the sequel trilogy and if they love it and if, if that is their star wars to them and that connects them to the star wars universe i give i give you all of that there's stuff i i like about it too and i can connect with you to that 
we can connect on things we agree with. You know, we, we don't have to get mad at each other for the things we disagree with. I think it's, I think that's part of it. I don't think it's the full thing. I think that sometimes, especially with the discourse on social media, there's other things that get like thrown into it. A lot of it, especially with content creators, sometimes it could be a little bit like weird, you know, with uh, people looking for clout, people looking for attention or looking, trying to be viewed a certain way. I think that's a lot of that that gets thrown into the mix because of social media. But I think also it just really comes down to that people just need to have better discourse. That people just need to know how to be accepting of other people's opinions. Not everybody has a bigoted opinion when they dislike something, but also, you know, you could have conversations with the other side. You could have conversations with people that like or dislike the things that you like or dislike. And they just, that's a, that's a personal thing that people got to work on. Yeah. And and it's funny because too, it's like at that time, Soups was catching crap for stuff he said about Kenobi. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still upset about the way that guy got treated. He got treated recently. I saw that about some of his opinions about Marvel stuff. That was not cool. Like there's just some people that are just saying things just for the sake of saying things and, and content creators. That's the thing that I don't understand. Like, again, I'm not as big as some of these other people out there, but like, you know, show some class, like, don't just say yeah. something about someone and then not think like it's going to make that other person be seen a certain way. That's not exactly. Cool. And and what I want to say too, and it's like, shout out to soups. I'm sure he's not going to hear this, but it's like, he never really skipped a beat with what he was doing on his stuff. No matter, no matter all the nonsense people were talking about him and everything. I follow him on TikTok. I follow him on Twitter. It's like, he just keeps doing his thing and posting. Yeah, he ignored them and, and he should. Yeah. He should just ignore him. I said the same thing about Star Wars Theory. Like when all those people said all those things about those guys, like a lot of them with the exception of Theory because he he talked about it on his podcast, but Soups didn't really talk about it. He did probably responded once on a TikTok, which he was right. <laughs> I mean, nobody wants to admit it, but he was kind of right in the way that he felt, even though the show ended up being a little bit better for some people because of the, the way that it uh, came to its conclusion. But I just find that a lot of that stuff is really just a game of telephone gone bad. And it's so silly because yep. the people don't deserve that. Cause if they were on the receiving end of that, those same people, they wouldn't like it at all. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, it's like, that's what I, I don't use it. Uh, I don't use social media for that. You know, I use it for things that I enjoy. And uh, we had, um, we had a guy, Stephen Kent on who actually wrote a book called um, how the force can fix the world, which is a great, Oh book. yeah, it's pretty much about uh, that. Yeah. It's just pretty much a book uh, talking about star Wars and, and, how to use it kind of in your life to kind of bring you your own kind of happiness, I would say. And it was funny because mm-hmm. the episode he was on, I was talking about a lot of stuff. I, I said like, you know, all the, all the people on Twitter and everything. And he was just like, there's ways you can control your own happiness when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah, just don't like, look at stuff can... that's going to make you mad. Just go exactly. look around. This is why I say social media itself is not bad. It's the way it's used by people or the yep. way that people use it. You know, I, I'm on social media all the time. You know, I'm on Twitter all the time. People always say bad things about Twitter. It's like, well, some of the stuff that you guys look at, I don't look at. I mean, it might get sent to you or whatever, but like I go, if I don't like something, I go look at another yeah. side of Twitter, you know, just go engage with it. If I don't like what's going on with gaming, I'll go hang out on Star Wars Twitter. If I don't like what's going on in Star Wars Twitter, I'll go hang out on Marvel Twitter. If I don't like what's hanging out in Marvel Twitter, then I'll go do something else. Like I'll go to TikTok. Yeah. Star Wars yeah. TikTok always got something funny. Like Exactly, exactly. So it's... Uh, honestly, I feel like the, everything gets more toxic on the Twitter app than like as far as TikTok goes. I haven't dealt with much tox- toxicity unless you like you know because people... I talk about Elden Ring sometimes. So oh I've yeah, I it. love. I've gone it a couple times, like but but like it again. It really depends on where you look. 
I, I don't think yeah. people should go looking for problems. That, that I think is a big part of it as well. Yeah. And that's the thing is it's like, I stumble across problems and it's hard to not help yourself to be able to read some of it, like the soup stuff, like the theory stuff. It's like, it's hard not to read some of it and be like, wait a second. Like when everybody's banding up and you can't help but to see like 15 mutuals are joining in on the same thing. You're kind of just like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Here? At like, that you, point, you can't you gotta, escape it sometimes. You got to break away from the mass at that point. Like I've had a couple times positions like that, even the games industry where I've seen people get dogpiled for no reason. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not part of this. The hell with that. Yeah. Like, I mean, people can have their opinions, you know, giving an opinion doesn't always have to be given in a way to like, you know, go after someone or to, to, to dogpile on someone. Cause sometimes people just do that because they want to take a jab at another person. And I think that's so wrong. Like, yeah. You have a discussion again, show some class, show some like courtesy, you know, be a better exactly. person than that. And that's what I've, I've grown my totally off topic, my plumbing TikTok. that that's grown a decent f amount of followers. And there's been some battles in my comments and there's times you want to answer people and you're just like, Nope, uh, I'll just let everybody else battle it out here. They're, they're already fighting amongst themselves. I'll go engage me. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. All right. Well, I think we pretty much hit a lot of points tonight, man. We mm -hmm. hit freaking, we hit Star Wars. We hit Disney World. We hit Marvel. We hit DC. We hit the boys. We hit a lot of topics tonight. See, I'm listeners, you're getting a lot of stuff. More bang for your buck. Not even exactly. a buck, your time. There you go. Exactly. So, uh, JJ, I didn't tell everybody in the beginning of the episode, but tell them what you do. I know, I know listeners of our podcast have already heard it, but for everyone who has not Tell everybody what you do, where to find you, what you do. There you go. Sure. Yeah. I'm everywhere, literally. You guys could find my content on YouTube at youtube.com slash gamers with games channel or just search Jake James Lugo in the search bar. You'll find all my weekly reviews of games, highly edited, highly produced videos on video games, let's plays, all types of stuff, podcast shows. It's a lot of content on there. You could also find me also on Patreon, patreon.com slash Jake James Lugo. I put early access to those videos on there, which I even put up just today. I got my brand new uh, video review on the game X Mutants for the Sega Genesis that went up today on Patreon. So people over there, if you join at the dollar level or higher, you're gonna be able to watch it early before YouTube. On top of that, with that dollar, you get a ton of exclusive content, including exclusive videos, exclusive podcasts, exclusive other types of content. Like there's a whole bunch on there for everybody literally to go check out. Um, you could also find, what's up? Which shout out to your podcast too, by the way, your Thank one you. man podcast is great. So I Thank mean, you. check out JJ's podcast as well. He does a one man podcast. I was listening to his Kenobi reviews. Yeah. He did for every episode. <laughs> yeah. He'll do a solo podcast where he just like knocks it out in like 20, 30 minutes where it's just like, it was like a great time to just hear, hear your review, hear your reaction to it. And you're good. You go. So definitely yeah, just, check it out guys. So, so people could just listen to it, you know, while they're doing stuff. But on top of that, you could also find me on TikTok, tiktok.com slash at Jake James Lugo, or just look for Jake James Lugo on TikTok. I'm posting there every day, gaming related stuff, Star Wars related stuff, uh, entertainment stuff, including Marvel, DC movies, and all these types of things. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Jake James Lugo. I'm on Instagram at Jake James Lugo. I'm posting every single day on there on both of those platforms. A lot of different stuff. Uh, fun fact, I'm super close to a thousand followers on TikTok. And I know once you hit a thousand, you can start doing lives. I'm trying to get people to follow me more with all my TikTok videos so I can start doing lives and other things. But 
if you guys could support me on all the different platforms, show some love, you know, it would be awesome. I just recently also, I think I showed you before we got on, uh, I did an interview with uh, Canvas Rebel that they actually interviewed me for a feature on their website, talking about content creation, talking about gaming, all this types of stuff. But yeah, show some love if you guys can check out all the stuff that I have all on the internet, all the different content. And yeah, you know, be cool overall. All right. Awesome. And yeah, I mean, this will obviously not be the last time we have you on the podcast. This is number three, the trio. We hit it. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see maybe like a month or two from now, you know, we'll maybe have some gaming news come down the pike. We'll have you back on. We'll do our little, we'll do our little, you know, bi-monthly uh, gaming update with Jake cool. James Luga. I mean, it's fun. We, we enjoy having you on Jake, especially I do. I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of Jake's content. So I enjoy talking to him. Thank often, you. Appreciate so. it. All right, guys. So until the next time, this is Dave from Rule of the Galaxy podcast. I appreciate you guys listening. Until the next time, may the force be with you. Later. Later.